Welcome to Muncie Matters, the podcast where we get to know the people who make Muncie, Indiana special. Join me, Jesse Anderson, as I dive in and get to know our professional pioneers, local heroes, and interesting locals to find out more about the people who make Muncie matter. All right, this is Jesse Anderson with Muncie Matters, the podcast. Um, it is May 3rd, and I'm meeting with Jeff Robinson. Jeff Robinson, welcome. Thank you, Jesse. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Um, we've been trying to connect for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to meet with you because I, I think you're quite the leader in oh. Muncie. <laughs> they, 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 a lot of people I know in my circle, um, regardless of politics, they speak highly of you. Well, I'm um, happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they speak highly of you with your work with Schaefer. They speak highly um, with what you've done with city council. Um, and they feel that you're a leader, and I wanted to tap into that and get to know you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this podcast is not a politically... Um, driven podcast. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. we can both relax now, <laughs> yeah, right? Good. So, um, but what it is is, my whole mission for this podcast is to be able to speak to leaders and important people to the community, and also just interesting people. Um, they don't have to be a leader of the community. You mm-hmm. know, if there's someone that's pretty well known for a unique uh, purpose in the community, I'd like to meet with them. So, um, but yeah, you're on my hit list, man. I wanted to meet with you, <laughs> talk to you, and um, just sit down and. I just wanted to sit down and, and make sure that um, I'm giving an opportunity to you to let the community know who you are. Um, and again, like I said, it's not a politically driven podcast, but I do think it's important if you're running for mayor, I would like the community to have you know some personal information on your story and who you are and where mm-hmm. you came from and what your mission is. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that. You know, uh, when you're on the campaign trail and certainly when you're participating in forums and things like that, uh, you only get just a minute or two to give an answer to a very direct question. So right. there's not many opportunities where the community can really just get to know you, get to know the person. So so I appreciate the invitation and appreciate being here with you. Absolutely. Well, I am um, sitting in the Democrat headquarters. <laughs> I've yes. never been in here. I've actually never had a reason, I guess, to come into any of the headquarters. Yeah. Um, but but I'm, I'm excited to, to sit down and, and get a little, um, I guess, insight into, you know, why you're running for mayor. So let's start at the beginning. Sure. Um, were you born and raised in Muncie, or where were you born and yeah, raised? Yeah, born and raised right here, born at Ball Memorial Hospital, and uh, now IU Ball Memorial Health. Right, and, right. And, uh, oh, my parents still live in the house that I grew up in. Awesome. Uh, my dad built that house. Uh, That's They awesome. moved in in December of 1978. Wow. So, yeah, been here my whole life, uh, even went to, even alumni of Ball State University. So, okay. uh, yeah, just love this community, grew up here, and plan to plan to retire here and plan to eventually die here. Absolutely. Yeah, fully rooted, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, full circle. That's awesome. So after, after um, and you you mentioned off-air, Muncie Central, correct? Yes. Okay. How was your experience with Muncie Central? Oh, you know, admittedly, I was not a good student. Okay. Um you know, for whatever reason, whether it was immaturity, whether it was, uh, who knows? Right, but, right. But uh, was admittedly not a very good student. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, regardless, yeah, Muncie Central High School, um, you know, I got in trouble. I, you know, skipped school. Sure. I was, uh, you know, grades were not great because of those reasons, because mm-hmm. I was getting in trouble. Sure. Um, you know, just... 
just stupid, stupid kid yeah. stuff uh, yeah. that, that took me a while to realize just how stupid it was, sure. but uh, still value that time and learned a lot of great lessons along the way that, quite frankly, I still apply to this day. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Then did you take a break for a while before Ball State, or did you go right in once you graduated? I actually, or? I took a break. Um, okay. At the time, I was working at a gas station uh, when okay. I got out of high school. And the gas station that I worked at actually had uh, the account for Delaware County government. So we had okay. all, the, all the county sheriff, or the sheriff's deputies would come in and get gas and Delaware County EMS at the time. Okay. So I had gotten to know a lot of those guys. And uh, a couple of people from Delaware County EMS, they, uh, you know, I, I was so interested in what they were doing and the, the whole ambulance service and mm-hmm. being an EMT and things like that. That I actually went to EMT school. Oh, um, very cool. Yeah, yeah. When okay. I was 20 years old, went to EMT school. Or excuse me, when I, uh, I think I was 20 when I started. Okay. And uh, turned 21. I started in January, got done with my training in May, and had turned 21 in uh, in April of that year. Okay. So worked as a uh, as an EMT for a little while. On a, that's I awesome. Did a lot of volunteer work for Albany EMS. Okay. Um, and then every opportunity I had to you know fill in a shift, whether it was um, you know down in Indianapolis, or every opportunity I had to volunteer for Delaware County EMS and do ride along things like yeah, that, yeah. Uh, took those opportunities, although it didn't take me long to realize that I just was not suited for that. Sure. Uh, that is very difficult work, sure. um, not just physically, but uh, more so than physically, emotionally and mentally. It's just very, very difficult yeah. work. Uh, I think I went in with with thoughts that, that we were going to be treating you know, a lot of car accidents and, you know, gunshot yeah. victims and mm-hmm. stab wounds, a lot of trauma calls yeah. when in fact it was about 90% were medical related. Yeah. Uh, no trauma involved at all. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a little while and uh, maybe a year and a half and decided it wasn't for me. And at the time, because I wasn't working full-time as an EMT, I continued to work at that same mm-hmm. gas station. And it was, uh, it was at the corner of Oakwood and McGalliard. And, you know, so through, uh, through working at this gas station, not only did I get to know those sheriff's deputies, they were regular customers, but I got to know a lot of other folks that came in, uh, just regulars that Mm -hmm. came in every day, twice a day, they'd come in in the morning, get their coffee, they'd come in in the evening, you know, whatever. Uh, and I had met a man uh, by the name of Dr. Charles Greenwood Mm -hmm. and, uh, he worked for Ball State University. And every day he would he would talk to me, um, okay. ask me, and he was an older man, and he would talk to me and ask me what my goals were, and he would really press me on thinking about the future, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so so through those conversations, this was every day, almost yeah, yeah. every day, he would he would ask me, well, what are you doing with yourself? What are you doing with yourself? And he was encouraging me to go to go to college. Okay. Um, I, at the time, I was starting to question my role as an EMT and, and thinking yeah. long term, this is not for me. And so he was really pushing me. Well, you know, I, I had a GED. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have a high school diploma. I had sure. a GED. Yeah. And at the time, this was in the late 90s. Okay. Uh, at, at the time, it was not as easy to get into Ball State. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was somewhat difficult to get yeah. in. So, um, and, and at the time, I, you know, Ivy Tech and Ball State had just started some transferring credits, things mm-hmm. like that. 
So I knew I wouldn't get into Ball State, but if I was going to go to college, that's where I wanted to go. So Dr. Greenwood made a deal with me, and he told me, he says, I'll tell you what. He says, you go go to Ivy Tech for one semester. Take as many classes as you feel you can handle. Mm-hmm. You pass those classes and you come talk to me. Uh, so I did that. I, I went to Ivy Tech. That's great. And I uh, went to Ivy Tech when it was on Cowan Road. Took nine nine credit hours. So I took three classes. Okay. And they were all college prep classes, sure. things like that. And got done there. And I, I passed all my classes, of course, and went to Dr. Greenwood. And he uh, wrote not only wrote me a letter of recommendation to the dean of students at Ball State, or the dean of admissions, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, not only did he write me that letter of re- recommendation, but he facilitated a meeting with that dean and went with me to vouch for me and help me get into Ball State. If not for his constant encouragement, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of pressure. Um, and, and and if not for his help, Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea where I would be today. And we'll be right back. Hi, it's Haley here with the sister pickers. Is your house full of stuff? The sister pickers understand how physically and emotionally taxing it is to sort through a lifetime of items. Are you or a loved one downsizing? Has your family suffered a loss? Or are you ready to part with a collection? Let us help start the process with our picking services. We will give your items a new life by carefully sorting and selecting our favorites in a bundle, offering you a cash price on the spot, and packing and hauling away purchased items. Email us at sisterpickersindy at gmail.com to get started. Sister Pickers, your go-to girls in a vintage world. That experience, it sounds like a blessing for oh, sure. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Yeah, and and had it not been for Charles Greenwood, I, like yeah. I said, I, I have no idea where I'm at. And really cool, and, and just quickly, uh, let me veer off path just a yeah, little go bit. Ahead. In 2019, uh, when I was running for city council, I think it was, in, yeah, 2019 I was running for city council. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, man, I'm pretty sure it was when I was running for, anyway, uh, sometime much later in life, yeah. I was speaking to... And I believe it was the Kiwanis Club locally. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I had not seen Dr. Greenwood in years, uh, probably 15 years, maybe even 20 years. And uh, so when I went to go speak to the Kiwanis, and at the time they met at Vera Mays for lunch. Sure. And they asked me to come in, and it was in 2019 because they had asked me to come in and talk about my run and everything else. So I come in, and lo and behold, sitting front and center, it's Dr. Greenwood. Wow. Uh, had not seen him in so long. And uh, I, I was getting emotional sure. seeing him. And I even get mm-hmm. emotional now thinking about it because this is a man who, who changed my life. Absolutely. And I know I'm nobody special since, since that time. Um, and Dr. Greenwood has since passed. And I think he passed uh, okay. in, in 19 or 20. Okay. Um, I, I've come to learn that he did that for so many people. And, That's and, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've had people like that throughout my career that whether it was encouraging me or whether it was giving me an opportunity to yeah, do something. I've had so many people do that, that they also did it for so many other people. So it, it was, it was really cool. But going back to Ball State University, when I got in, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. knew I wanted a college yeah. degree. Right, uh, right. And, and so 
I uh, at Ball State, the one of the their their top college at the time, the College of Communication, Information, and Media. Yeah, uh, TCOM yep. was what it used to be known as. It's sure. something different now that I refuse to call it. <laughs> <laughs> TCOM is is all I. I mean, I don't have any connections yeah. with Ball State as a student. Um, as a business, we do partner with them on some things, but. Um, TCOM is what I've always known it as. I didn't even realize it changed. So. Yeah, it changed just a couple of years ago. And okay. I just, yeah, it's like Deer Creek, you know? It's oh, all, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, always yeah, going to yeah. be Deer it's Creek It's always Music Deer Creek Center. to me, too. Yeah, yeah. I grew yeah. up going to concerts there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, so I, uh, TCOM was not only the best college at, at Ball State at the time. Uh, of course, College of Architecture and Planning is also wonderful. They mm-hmm. got plenty of great colleges. But TCOM was ranked among the best in the nation. Yeah. And uh, so I set my sights on it and went... Um, Studied sales and promotions. Okay. Uh, so my degree is in communications, and uh, seems fitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I felt at the time that that was broad enough that mm-hmm. that after I achieved that diploma, that then I could go on and really do anything that I wanted to do. Based on a lot of people I know. Yeah. That, that seems to be true. Oh, sure. Yeah, because yeah. you can go to marketing, you can go to sales, you can go to you know business management. I mean, you can take communications and go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, you went that route and went uh, went to summer sessions, full load in summer, yeah. and, and got out of there uh, in four years. Okay. Um, and had a job waiting for me when I got out of college. That's awesome. One of the professors that uh, that that in the TCOM department, she, uh, she was an adjunct professor and and so taught part time. But her day job was managing what was then called backyard broadcasting, what is mm-hmm. now Wolf Boom Radio. I do remember backyard broadcasting. Yeah. So I went to work for at the time it was thirteen forty uh, ESPN Radio. Mm-hmm. And I was the only salesperson for ESPN Radio, uh, and and enjoyed it. But that type of sales was not really for me. I'm a relationship person, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and the type of sales that I do, it's it's building those relationships. Sure. And uh, in that type of business, it's very much a numbers game. You know, you, it is. you call call twenty people a day, and mm-hmm. five people or, or seven people answer, and of those seven people, you should get two appointments, and of reverse those two engineering is what we call that <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. And man, that just that was just not for me. Yeah, uh, it's it's just this numbers game, and and yep. so then every one of your at least in my perspective, mm-hmm. my potential customers just became numbers. And yeah, yeah, it's, and it's I, an outlook thing. It is. Um, not to take you off track, but right on that schedule, I, I've been in sales for years, and that's one thing I've always preached um, to the people that I have managed or had the opportunity to lead. Sales is a numbers game because without the numbers, there's no money to run a business. Right. Um, you want to raise, I have to have money in the business to pay you a raise. <laughs> yeah. it's, it is a numbers game. Mm-hmm. But the relationship is what matters. Oh, and the and, relation- that's, and that's how I run my business now. Is it is a relationship? Insurance is a relationship business. Yeah. But the numbers still have to matter. Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, in those relationships and the strong relationships, that's mm-hmm. your continual business. It is. Yeah. You know, those people are with you. Uh, you know, if you're treating them right, which right. you should be, and yep. you've got a good relationship with them. And that's where them. referrals come from. Exactly. So it's, exactly. A, it's, a, it's a big deal. But yeah. I see what you're saying, though. From your perspective, there are people who are strong leaders. They're really good at their job. But when it when it gets pounded into your head that it's numbers, <laughs> numbers, numbers, we need sales, 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 yeah. it's very hard to see the relationships for what they are. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, that, and that for me, since realizing that and since really finding my strength and building relationships, yeah, that really kind of changed the way I did business for myself. Okay. So, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and then yeah, of course, I, timing was horrible for sure. me. Uh, sure. I graduated college in 2006. Okay. Uh, started my career July of 2006 okay. and I worked for Backyard Broadcasting for about 10 or 11 months. And speaking of relationships, one mm-hmm. of my clients that I had a good relationship with was Anderson Speedway of okay. all places. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the owner of Anderson Speedway and working with them through the radio station had an open position available for a marketing director. Okay, and very cool. so I, yeah, it, was, it was quite a bit more money than I was making sure. at Backyard Broadcasting. Yeah. So I, uh, being young and dumb, I thought, well, you know, this, they're paying me more money. This mm-hmm. is where I should go. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't realize that uh, money is not everything. No, it's so, not. Yeah, so I went to work for Anderson Speedway. That was in, uh, that was in 2007. And then, okay. of course, the Great Recession hit in 2008. So from 2008 to I, I lost my job, the, the the Speedway, obviously, most of their sales were generated through local ads and, sure. and ticket sales and yeah. things like People that. Had to so, pull back. Yeah. yeah, so they had to pull back. They cut every available position. Mine mm-hmm. was, was one of those. So I lost sure. my job there. And uh, over the course of the next, uh, would have been two years or three years, I can't remember exactly how, how long the duration was, I went through about four different jobs. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. you know, just, I'd get a job, I'd be there three months and then mm-hmm. lay off, yeah. uh, you know, and... There were so many people that were out of work. Sure. And me being so young in my career and so new in my career, there were people that had far more experience, far more education, things like that, that that just leapfrogged me in the application process. So it was very tough to find a job. And, you know, for those years, I mean, I had no idea where my place was. Yeah. Um, you know, I worked in Indianapolis for a little while, worked there for three months, four months, some, you know, one time, six months. I, I, sure. After I hit that three month mark, I thought, okay, here we go. This is this is it. This is where I'm going to be. And yeah. then a couple months later, Jeff, we're really sorry. Uh, yeah. You know, none none of the jobs that I lost were were my fault. It was sure. just the economy and where we were at during that time. Um, yeah. So it was it was tough. It was a it was a struggle. Yeah. Uh, you know, and of course, when you go through a period of unemployment. And, and so many people in Muncie and so many people across the country understand this, it, it you get behind mm-hmm. financially. Well, then when you get a job and you're still living paycheck to paycheck, just trying to catch up from what you fell behind on, yeah. it was just brutal. Just Absolutely. an absolute struggle. Uh, then, you know, I, I, I found myself, you know, it destroyed my marriage at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, divorce Mm -hmm. just had a real tough go at it. Yeah. And, uh, again, you know, was, had been working for Anderson Speedway, was working in Indianapolis. Uh, I got a a chance to come back to Muncie professionally, Mm -hmm. uh, with the Muncie Visitors Bureau. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke about it earlier with, you know, people throughout my life and throughout my career, people who have stuck their necks out for me that have yeah. really gotten me where I'm at and who, people who have given me a chance. And the Visitors Bureau and, and since starting that at the Visitors Bureau, uh, you know, it, it it's it's been great 
because the people in Muncie, and, and that's why I love this community and why I call this community home, uh, why I'm proud to be from Muncie, and why I'm doing what I'm doing politically is mm-hmm. because of all sure. those people that, that gave me yeah. an opportunity. And so worked at the Visitors Bureau for a while, worked for the Horizon Convention Center as an outside salesperson for a while. So I traveled okay. around and promoted Muncie and promoted the Horizon Convention Center, trying to bring groups to mm-hmm. Muncie. Yeah. That was before we had a hotel next right, door right, to the convention right. center. That so helps. it was, yeah, yeah. yeah the, I, 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 I wish I had had a hotel to sell at the time. Right, right. Because, you know, it, it was a tough sell to, mm-hmm. to bring those people here at the time without a hotel attached. And, uh, you know, worked for uh, Cornerstone Center for the Arts for six years. I was an associate executive director there, really running the day-to-day operations of the organization. And, you know, uh, had a lot of success there over my six years. Um, And then opportunity came about at Schaefer Leadership Academy. And I've been at Schaefer since, uh, since January of 2020. And it's just been phenomenal. You know, we've okay. had, uh, even during the pandemic, had record years, uh, yeah. a record year, my first year in 2020, even mm-hmm. even with the pandemic. 2021 was, was no different. We had a great yeah. year. 2022, another great year. So, you know, I, 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 I really have, I've, over the last 13 years, uh, have really found a lot of momentum and have really That's found good. kind of my niche in, yeah. in the Muncie community. And really, it, it's great because of the passion that I have for the community and, mm-hmm. and working in service of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, Cornerstone Center for the Arts does a lot of great things for this community. People, you know, uh, people might not understand the benefits of that arts education, but it has tremendous benefits for the entire community, not just those individuals. Yeah. Uh, and the work I've been doing with Schaefer leadership Academy, I'm the development director there. Um, you know, uh, providing inclusive leadership development Mm -hmm. to people, organizations, and communities so they can reach their full potential. You know, uh, leadership is important. Yeah, absolutely. It's very no, it is. important. Yeah. Some yep. people believe leaders are born, not made. I, I disagree with that. I think, yeah. e- and even leaders who are born, mm-hmm. you can still improve their leadership. Absolutely. So, can. you know, so it, it's been maybe not the most traditional career path, yeah. but uh, yeah. it's my career path and, and yeah. it's something that I'm very proud of and something that I love to do. And we'll be right back. I want to hear stories of where people not only win, mm-hmm. but where they learn. Oh, um, and, yeah. and I love to hear stories from real people um, with real with real background in, you know, what you had to walk through mm-hmm. to get to where you are now. Um, because I do believe that our journey makes us who we are. Um, I believe that every single person who's ever been born has an opportunity to grow. You know, I can relate it to my work or I can relate it to my family or myself. There's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why if, you know, in our office, in our bathroom, it's private only for team members, but, I did a custom poster, and it just says, do better. <laughs> yeah. Because when I go in there just to wash my hands even, 
it's nice to look at the picture and just say, I probably need to do better, no yeah. matter what we're doing, yeah. right? Well, I think I think we all understand, and and at least those, you know, I, I call them high performers, you know, absolutely. Um, the people that are exceptionally good at what they do, those people understand that, they, and they've got a growth mindset. Yeah. They always understand that tomorrow has to be better than today. Absolutely, it does, yeah. And we as, as individuals, as humans, uh, let alone as professionals, mm-hmm. every day should be better than the day before. It we're be. we're going to have roadblocks. We're going to mm-hmm. have bumps in the road. We're going to have adversity that we have mm-hmm. to get through. But, you know, to your point, uh, getting through that adversity and, and dealing with those struggles is what makes us who mm-hmm. we are. And... I, 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 at the time, of course, during my struggles throughout mm-hmm. my life, yeah. uh, of course it was hell, sure. you know, it was yeah. awful. Uh, I'd woke up days and wondered when it was, if it was ever going to change, right. but looking yeah. back on it now, it's made me who I am today. It's made me understand the struggles of others. Sure. Uh, it's made me more empathetic to mm-hmm. those struggles of others. Yeah. Um, you know, life is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those of us, and look, you know, I, I, there were people that had it a heck of a lot worse than I did Absolutely. growing up. Same here. Yeah. You know, I was fortunate to have, you know, uh, parents that could bail me out mm-hmm. when I needed it. Yeah. Uh, so I understand I have a tremendous amount of privilege that mm-hmm. has also helped me get to where I'm at today. Sure. And I understand that there are people out there that don't have that, yeah. you know, and, and which is why I got into politics. It's why I, serve in the way that I do, because I understand people don't have that privilege and I want to do my part Mm -hmm. to help provide that for those people to help provide those opportunities for folks who might not have it anywhere else. Right. You know, we have to help each other. Mm -hmm. We're a community and Muncie is the type of community where if you need help, and you ask for help, you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. So I want to be one of those change makers. I want to be one of those people that, that if somebody needs my help, I can be there not only to help in, in the nonprofit capacity and my professional capacity, but even more so, um, in in my elected capacity and just as my capacity as a human, you know, to, to care about people enough to want to help them. And, you know, my heart breaks so many times, uh, with, with folks in our community who are struggling Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, doing what I'm doing with city council and doing what I'm doing this year, running for mayor it's really about those people and how can I help them? And, uh, it's, it's just a passion at this point. I know people throw that word around so often that passion, but I just, I feel so drawn to be able to help these people because I, I know the struggle and, and it's just, it's a goal. I just want to help. If you are doing your best to be a good person and you treat people with kindness, my door is always open to have a conversation. And I think, I think being like that is something that is honorable and I'm trying my best to teach my kids that. Yeah. Well, you know, through the support and love of friends and family, I think that, that that's the biggest thing. It's the best therapy that money can't buy. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and I've also gone through therapy. Sure. Uh, sure. you know, back when I was going through those job losses Mm -hmm. and went through the divorce and, and went through so many things early in my career, yeah, I was having a tough time, you know? And so I did go to therapy, uh, went for two years. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I've, I, I, it changed my life in immeasurable ways, mm -hmm. you know, just to be self-aware, to understand that, um, that sometimes things, sometimes bad things happen mm -hmm. and, and it's how you get through those things. It, it's not the bad thing that defines you. It's how you get through it. It's the adversity. That defines yeah. You. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, throughout the last, you know, uh, I, I, I did that. 10 or 11 years ago or 12 years ago. Oh gosh, no, geez, I guess it's been 13 years ago. <laughs> Time really flies by. We're old. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I've gone back a few times, you know, throughout this, this last 13 years, just to, just to check in, just to check on myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, you know, it's that growth mindset and it's about always trying to be better. And some people look negatively on mental health counseling or, or going, whether it's a therapy or uh, whether it's a, a therapist or a counselor, some, some people look negatively on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are people that have obviously never been. They don't know the benefits yeah. Yeah. that it has. And it doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean No, I that... think there is definitely a, a negative connotation that says if you need or if you feel that you need to go to therapy, mm -hmm. um, you're not strong. Right. You're yeah. weak. And, and that's definitely an old school mentality. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm happy to report that we are doing our best as a unit to raise our kids to believe that your emotions are incredibly important. Yeah. You're allowed to be angry. Yep. You're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be happy. Yep. It's how you present that to others. Yeah. You it's don't want to react you, to yes, those negative emotions. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to come to mom and dad or your best friend and scream at them because you're angry. It's okay. You're angry, but it's all, you know, how, how do we address it? How do we talk as, as people to each other? And in my professional life, staying with this podcast and giving um, a voice to the community um, and people such as yourself, I want to stay as unbiased as possible uh, mm -hmm. for, for the sake of, number one, my personal life, my business, and, and giving voices to people on all sides. Give the community some insight. Why are you running for mayor? Yeah. It's, it's a so, loaded question. I understand. <laughs> it is. There's so many answers, but I think more than anything, I, I want to serve. Okay. I... Um, you know, we have been in this community for many, many, many years talking about and trying, you know, talking about how we could address issues or, or not even really necessarily talking about how we could address issues, but talking about the issues that we have. Right. Um, for years, we've talked about drug addiction. We've talked about mental health. We've talked about generational poverty. We've talked about, you know, our, our failing infrastructure. We've talked about so many different things that, that negatively impact our community. And it's not just those people that are suffering. It's, it's everyone is affected by that. Uh, we've talked about it, but we really haven't done anything to address it. We, we spend our time and have spent many years spending millions and millions and millions of dollars every year trying to attract people who don't live here to come move here while we overlook the people who live here now. Mm -hmm. And I'm running quite frankly, because I'm tired of it. We sure. have to start addressing our real issues. You know, look, you know, new condos, um, you know, uh, development, you know, the, the new hardware store and, and Southway Plaza and, mm -hmm. you know, some of these things. Yeah, th those are important. 
when those opportunities come along, um, you know, we should be accepting of those opportunities, but our priorities should be the people. The priorities should be taking care of our own. So I have been frustrated and I'm in a position now that I can do something about it. Uh, you know, I got involved in 2019 and ran for city council because I was tired of the things that people in my own party were doing, yeah. the corruption that took place. Uh, I got involved because as I looked around at my colleagues and, and looked at, you know, uh, uh, professionals in this community that do great work for our community that would never step foot into that political arena out of fear of political retribution, sure. out of fear of how it could affect their career working in nonprofits yeah. or even working in, in the, the for-profit sector. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I, I complain too. I, right. I, you know, I have complained. I have, have moaned and groaned about corruption or moaned and groaned about lack of action, about addressing our real issues in our community. I, why not just step up and do something about it? That makes sense to me. Yeah. So yeah. I was in 2019 as a Democrat. Uh, as, as other Democrats were under federal microscope and federal investigation, right. yep. Yep. Uh, I was uh, the only Democrat that won a contested election that year. Okay. Um, and I did it because I think people saw that – and folks that I knew already and folks that I met, I think they they know I'm sincere. Sure. Look, I, you know, people, they, they call you a politician. They, they say a politician or, a, a, you know, elected official. Mm -hmm. I look at it very differently. I'm a public servant. Sure. And, and why I got into this, why I, I ran in 2019 while I'm running for mayor now – it's because I want to serve. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had people ask me, you know, well, what about uh, state government or even county government, things like that? Honestly, I, the, the, the politics of it all, anything outside of Muncie um, doesn't interest me. Yeah. My interest is serving the people of this community. Mm -hmm. And and I, again, I'm, I'm in a position that I can run. Um, I have support. Uh, from from every faction of the Democrat Party, mm -hmm. uh, have support from a, a tremendous amount of people. And I was asked, quite frankly, uh, yeah. my original plan was to wait till 2027. Okay. You know, I thought if, if I was going to run for mayor, I'll do two terms on city council and run for mayor in 27. The more I've gotten involved and the more work I've done since being on council, particularly as president of council, I'm in my third year as president. Yeah. Um, I just can't wait. Yeah. I just can't wait. The, the and steam I've, has picked up. The passion has grown. Yeah. Well, and quite frankly, the, the things that need to be need to be done have not been getting okay. done. Sure. Uh, you know, the projects that I mentioned earlier, you know, a, a, a hardware store on the south side. That's great. That's mm -hmm. great. Um, you know, uh, is it solving a problem outside of the convenience of not having to drive 10 minutes to the other side of town? Right. Um, you know, there are other things that have taken place over the last three years that, again, they're not bad things, mm -hmm. but they're not addressing the real issues that we have. And I've not heard a lot of talk. Uh, about addressing those real issues, right, yeah. you know, when we when we had the thirty one point seven million dollars of American Rescue Plan money, 
you know, I helped lead that effort to appropriate those funds and mm-hmm. the, the $2 million that we appropriated for a, a drug treatment facility. You know, we were hopeful, and, and look, I'm happy about the crisis center that's mm-hmm. opening. Yep, I, I saw think, that, yeah. Yeah, I think that is an important piece of the puzzle of helping to address drug addiction, but uh, it's it, it's certainly not the whole puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's just one little piece, and, yeah. and I don't hear any talk about what's next. Sure. Um, and, and there's low-hanging fruit, things that don't take a lot of money that we could be doing as far as destigmatizing addiction. You know, we could uh, we could spend a little bit of money and mm-hmm. and and do you know uh, a public relations campaign, marketing campaigns to help destigmatize addiction, to help people understand it's a brain disease. It, sure. You know, these people aren't choosing to be drug addicts. Mm-hmm. It it it's a it's a disease. Yeah. Um, but instead, you know, what we see is and and look, I, we're all guilty of it. We we see somebody that's you know, at the gas station or we see somebody, stuff. yeah, that, yeah. that are, are, you know, that are high on drugs, uh, maybe, you know, doing something unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do a double take and we look and, and some people pull their phone out, they record it, they put mm-hmm. it on social media and everybody laughs. Sure. We got to get away from that. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and, and, but we as city government, we need to be leading the charge on this. We need to help people understand it's not their fault. And and not only do we need to destigmatize it, there are other things we can do. Again, low-hanging fruit, things that are not expensive to do, uh, you know, a safe syringe program, harm reduction measures. Uh, you know, there are things we can do that don't cost a lot of money that we're just not doing. Sure. Um, you know, so we need to have a course correction on how we think about economic development, how we think about community development. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to, to take some time to focus on ourselves. You know, you don't, you don't put a, uh, and I've used this example before, you don't put a, an in-ground pool in your backyard when your house needs gutters. Well, that's that's a good point. You know, you, you <laughs> the, the philosophy there is is sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to focus on yourself. And it's, you know, before you invite, you know, when you invite people to come over, in this case, you know, we're inviting people to come live in mm-hmm. Muncie, uh, yeah. and we spend those millions of dollars every year doing that. But we don't sweep off the front porch. Mm-hmm. We don't. Uh, we we don't. You know, make the bed in the guest sure. bedroom. We don't do the dishes. We we're inviting people over. Sure. When there's disarray. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I think we're doing it backwards. I think if we focus on ourselves, if we take care of our infrastructure, if we're helping to address mental health issues and drug addiction issues, uh, if we're focused on ourselves and we we are laser focused on that, the rest, the free market will take care of the rest. You know, if we're if we're building a desirable community. Mm-hmm. And I look, I understand everybody has this notion and, and it's so tempting for every politician to talk about growth. Yeah. Well, we've got to grow as a community. Mm-hmm. And while I agree, growth is important. First, we have to stabilize since all the factories left, we've never actually stabilized okay. since we lost thousands and thousands and thousands of manufacturing jobs. We've just talked about how do we grow? Mm-hmm. How do we grow? But we've never taken a second to just preserve. We've yeah. never taken a second to stabilize sure. who we are now. And and that's something I want to do. I want to look at and look the 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 together DM plan, the long-term strategic mm-hmm. plan that received community input. 
The community is telling us that's what they want. So why do none of our elected officials, are, are, why do none of our, our past administrations, and now the Together DM plan is new, why is no one paying attention to what the community is saying? They want us mm-hmm. to fix the roads. They want us to do something about these major issues we have. And, you know, when I'm elected, that's what I intend to do is focus on us. I appreciate the insight. This is what I wanted. As someone who lives in the community, I feel it's my, I don't want to say responsibility, but I do feel a responsibility to where if I want to know some things, I might just have to take my my podcast and go out and find the people yeah. and sit down and talk to them. Um, so, um, you know, staying in my middle lane, um, trying to interview people from both sides, I would say in my episode with, uh, with Dan Reidenauer, a lot of his, and I believe it's genuine, a lot of his uh, feedback and a lot of his wants uh, for the community is to better the community in a way that he sees needs to be done. My question for you is, what do you say to anyone out there that says, you know, hey, Jeff, your plan sounds really inspiring and it's what, what I want. But, you know, the last time we had a Democrat mayor, things kind of didn't go the way we thought they would. And there was a lot of, obviously, issues. Mm-hmm. So have you gotten that feedback at all from the community um, on, on the party issue? Or are you finding it that people are responding well to your campaign? Uh, the only time I hear anything about the corruption that, that some, a few, Mm-hmm. Democrats had in the past is really from my detractors. Okay, they're from uh, my opponent's most ardent supporters. They sure. they uh, have recently, from what I've heard, have recently started referring to me as Tyler 2.0. They claim that I'm corrupt because I'm a Democrat, okay. uh, which is ludicrous. Yeah, um, you know, I when I when I ran in 2019, I was running against it. I, I wrote mm-hmm. op eds in the newspaper that trashed. The mm-hmm. local Democrat party. Sure. And and here we are sitting in Democrat headquarters. Sure. Because things have changed. Okay. Um, you know, people have learned their lessons. Mm-hmm. And not only, you know, I, I'm not somebody just to say that I'm not corrupt. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, just last month in April. Uh, I talked about it in 2019 when I ran for city council, the thought of an ethics commission. Uh, and last month, uh, I brought a resolution to the council. It passed 8-1 for the establishment of an ethics advisory committee. That ethics advisory committee will spend the next 12 to 18 months determining uh, a citywide code of ethics mm-hmm. um, and will really oversee the actions of local government. They'll okay. really, you know, look at land transfers sure. and, and look at, you know, conflict of interest, things like that. When there's when someone has a suspicion that there may be wrongdoing taking place, mm-hmm. there will be whistleblower protections for those people where they okay. can go to this ethics commission and, and provide make, a concern. Yeah. Okay. Yep, out of concern. And that ethics commission can investigate it. So not to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but I will interrupt you only because I want to Please. give the listeners a little more depth there. I Why the one? I think anybody that watched that meeting mm-hmm. and anyone and, and anybody can go and watch it. It's sure. uh, the April city council meeting. It's on the city of Muncie's Facebook page, the full sure. video. Uh, it was about an hour and 10 minute debate on one issue. And it was a resolution to establish an advisory committee Mm -hmm. that will later make a recommendation for an ordinance and to codify what we hope will be an ethics commission. Anybody that watches that meeting 
I think we'll see exactly what the resistance was, uh, why there was resistance, because there was a lot of people that that were trying to poke holes in that. Okay. There were a lot of people that were, um, that had objections or, or, you know, someone mentioned something about uh, the cost of it. Well, these are volunteers, Mm -hmm. so there is no cost. Um, You know, there was a lot of talk about that it was because I brought it. Okay. Um, you know, the, the people that were speaking against it were from a different side of the aisle. Sure. I'm, I am running for mayor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, the f- but there are seven other people who are not you yeah. that saw the benefit in it. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And look, Republicans and Democrats alike voted in favor of it. The, the one person that didn't happens to be one Republican who is not on the ballot. Sure. Uh, you know, this was something I talked about in 2019 of, of wanting to do, Mm -hmm. you know, I was hopeful. And it's Um, being done other places. Is that correct? Oh yeah. It's done in Indianapolis. There are, I forget how many cities and towns in Northwest Mm -hmm. Indiana that are all kind of under a shared Mm -hmm. ethics commission, uh, for Northwest, you know, the region, so to speak. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel. This is something right. that takes place. And in, in fact, the morning after that council meeting, I received an email from the Indiana, uh, inspector general, uh, a governor, governor, Republican governor Holcomb mm-hmm. appointed this inspector general and the inspector general sent me an email applauding yeah. the resolution the insight on that. Yeah. Yeah. And saying okay. that, that they fully support it. And if there's anything that they can do to help our efforts, then their mm-hmm. office is available. Uh, I also heard from from members of that Northwest Indiana cohort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard from other folks. We had a gentleman at the the meeting the other night that that came and spoke in the public comment section that applauded us okay. for doing that. This this is a good thing. This sure. is a good thing. But there are people that think it's politically motivated. They think I did it because I'm running for mayor. Okay. Even though I talked about it in 2019, uh, there they were you know people I saw on social media were accusing me of you know uh, questioning the timing and we'll be right back well i'm not a crook (laughs) when you think of pizza king what do you think of well you should because we build our pizzas one ingredient at a time until the flavor is just bursting off the crust. And when we pull your pizza out of the oven, you'll know the taste is fit for a king. And with convenient area locations, you're never too far away. Pizza King. Now that's pizza. With your mission to become the next mayor of Muncie, what is the one thing that you're excited about if you win. I want to set a new precedent. Okay. I want to set a new precedent for how we do business politically in the city of Muncie for years, for generations, for almost probably the entire history of our city, you know, and for a very long time, been known as little Chicago and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the corruption and, uh, a lot of political retribution happening. And it isn't just coming from Democrats, right? It's coming from Republicans too. I want to set a new precedent. I I want to think less about politics and more about community. I want to think less about reelection and more about setting this community up for success. Mm -hmm. 
I, I want political retribution. I want these things to be a thing of the past. And I want us to work together. Tribalism is a funny thing. You know, uh, I would argue that there, there are multiple Democrats who are current Republican elected officials. Uh, you know, I mean, it's well documented. There, there are folks that uh, that ran for election in 2019 that in the past were Democrats, but they they went over to the Republican side and and joined that tribe. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much about politics. It's not so much about ideology at the local level. It's about yeah. what tribe you're involved in. And and I we've got to do away with that. Look, if we all love the community as we say we love the community, then we would be willing to work with anybody, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party, whomever. We would be willing to work with everybody to make this community the best it can be. And and, and we wouldn't be worried so much about the success of others. We wouldn't mm-hmm. be so concerned with the success of others and wouldn't wish failure on others who might not be a part of our tribe. We would work together right. to solve these issues. So, so you know, going back to your original question, the thing that excites me the most and the thing I look most forward to is changing the way we do politics in this community. And I think the only way you do that is by leading by example. Okay. You know, you mentioned, I, I'm, you know, it's a Republican majority city council. Mm-hmm. I'm the Democrat president of that council. Um, that's typically unheard of. Yeah. And I became the Democrat president of a Republican controlled council because the Republicans, there, there are, there were a couple of Republicans on that council that have the same philosophy that I do that, that we just need to work together. Yeah. And, and those Republicans that voted in favor of me and, and their one remains, they, they believe that I was the best person for the job sure. and, and they knew that I would be fair yeah. That I'm not going to play favorites, and I have not. Sure. Uh, you know, I include my Republican friends in every communication that I have mm-hmm. to my Democrat friends um, because it shouldn't be about that. It should be about service to our community. So, right. you know, I uh, win, lose, or draw. You know, um, at the end of this thing, I, I want to make people think differently about how things should be taking place in their community. Again, I know I've said it several times. I think it's so important for this community um, to learn more about the candidates. Have um, to. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's why I met with Dan. I did, I've never met Dan until I met with mm-hmm. him to, um, do his interview. And I hope the community sees, um, that all I'm trying to do is bring light, um, to each person who has a passion for this community. Yeah. Um, although views can be different, clearly it's important that all parties work together to yeah. find solutions. Yeah, no. And not only is it important for people to look into, those candidates and and make an informed choice. It's also really important for people to fact check those candidates. Mm -hmm. Look, it's easy for people to say things just because they're saying things does not make them true. People not only need to look and do their research, and, and it's easy. Like, look, every candidate out there has a Facebook page. Right. They, you know, uh, I believe if not all candidates most of the candidates are very accessible if you have questions Mm -hmm. you can reach out they'll answer um so you know do your research but also make sure what they're telling you is fact yeah and i think i think on on the heels of that comment i do think um the circles i run with and i am friends and family with people from every political background um social background all of it 
religious background included. And I think what I'm hearing is people are getting further away from just because you are in this party, you are not something that I respect. Yeah. I do think that, and it's a good thing. I think we're getting away a little bit from this guy is a Republican or a Democrat and therefore I don't associate with him. I don't like him. Mm -hmm. He clearly agrees with everything else the party says. And I think we are getting away from that a little. Again, am I right or wrong? I don't know. But based on my experience, I do think it is getting a little better um, where people are starting to see candidates for who they are, what their passions are, um, who they are as people. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just saying, well, this politician um, is a part of this party, so he clearly believes every single thing that the party does. (laughs) Because I know a lot of Republicans that are not a big fan of the NRA, Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people who are Democrats, and they're maybe not a big fan of Planned Parenthood. So when you put all those things in a pot, it doesn't always equal um, exactly what you might think. So my message to the community is something that I've had to learn myself and I work on myself daily. Don't judge a book by its cover. If you have an issue with someone, get to know them, have a real conversation in real life. It really strikes me when people have a social media exchange with someone they've never met, Mm -hmm. except for on social media, and they've built this opinion from maybe just a post. And then you meet them in real life, and it's a whole different dynamic <laughs> yeah. because of the keyboard warrior mentality. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm tough behind the keyboard, but just get out there and, and meet people and have real conversations and, and develop your opinion on people based in reality yep. and not something that you've learned um, through the grapevine or through, uh, you know, we all played telephone as kids, right? Mm-hmm. By the time you get the message, it's completely different from what the real message <laughs> yeah. was. Oh yeah. So we learned that as kids, but here we are as adults and we're believing what we're reading or seeing and we're not going to the source. So yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's just my unbiased, again, just, just my, my oh, very yeah. middle ground opinion on that. And I see it in both sides and it can get, just, it's just unsavory. Yeah, and it is, you know. And, and <laughs> to your point, there are uh, there are a handful, and it, it's the same handful of folks that uh, you know. We talked a little bit before we started recording. You know, I could go into a burning building and grab a box full of kittens and three orphans under mm-hmm. the other arm, and and save these these kids and these kittens, and they'll find something that I did wrong. Right. Uh, these detractors, these people that hate my guts have never met me. Yeah. Uh, I've even reached out, you know, I've seen their comments over the course of the last couple of years and, uh, uh, I've reached out to them personally and Mm -hmm. invited them to meet, you know, and told them that I'll, I'll come to your house. I'll, I'll go to coffee. Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, let's sit down and talk at the very least. I can give you a reason to disagree with me. I can give you a reason to hate my gut. Like mm-hmm. if we disagree on something, that's not a reason to hate my guts. No, it's uh, not. I don't hate anybody that, right. you know, but, and we talked about it, you know, um, uh, the seek first to understand before being sure. understood. Uh, one of Covey's seven habits, mm-hmm. you know, uh, let me understand where you're coming from. Right. And then take the time to understand where I'm coming from. And, and, if we disagree, let's do so respectfully. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to ideas. It comes well, how down many times, to how many times have you met someone um, that maybe you didn't care for on social media, and you meet them in real life, and you're like, 
man, that person was actually like really kind. And the re- reality is most people are not that aggressive in real life. Right. Most people are not that negative, m- negative mindset, but they may not just attack you with words or physical harm and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and with all due respect to you and what you just said, I will tell you, it's the same for Dan Ridenauer. Oh, he sure. just told me on the episode himself on the air. I have people in this community who hate me, who have said nasty things about me and my family and my campaign, and they don't even know me. Yeah. All and it's and it's a lot of it could be rooted in rumor, um, mm-hmm. false falsifications that have been spread. So, unfortunately, when you put yourself in a position of leadership. Um, whether you're a celebrity or whether you're a politician, like you said, or um, no matter how you look at it, you're going to get some hate. And I think the biggest thing that I've actually learned from both of you guys is how do you handle that? How do you handle that? And it seems like both of you guys are actually doing a very good job mentally, (laughs) individually. I mean, it can't be easy. You know, I, I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't say it's harder for him just because he is mayor versus running and and being a a city councilman. Mm -hmm. But Regardless of, of which person, it can't be easy sitting at, on your couch at night, looking on your phone and seeing people just say awful things about you. There's got to be something there um, that probably does affect you in at least a little way and kind of makes you go, man, I really wish that I could just reach these people that that have these feelings about me that are that are false or maybe maybe it is something you did. But you didn't. You meant it in a good way, and they just disagree with you. So yeah. now they're saying nasty things. Yeah. How do you plan to deal with that if you become mayor and you're going to have people <laughs> saying horrible things about you? Yeah. No. And you know, it, I mean, e- you know, even now being city council president, I deal with it. Um, sure. You know, it doesn't bother me. Uh, it, it used to bother me. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. Um, you know, my first year as president in 2021, you know, there was, uh, you know, there were Republicans that were very unhappy with the fact that a Democrat was president of the city council. So there was, and it's, uh, you know, it's, again, it's the same people, uh, have just been bashing me ever since. So over the last two and a half years, uh, you know, I, I've gotten used to it. Um, it doesn't bother me anymore like and look these people say crazy like the rumors i hear about myself uh, <laughs> like it more than anything it's just hilarious it's got to be somewhat entertaining yeah and regardless I, of who you are it's got to be kind oh, of yeah. fun a little bit and, and i guess yeah. i should feel a little flattered you should that <laughs> i i mean these people like I, apparently i am in these people's minds mm-hmm. 24 hours a day seven days a week and they are in my minds maybe for 30 seconds once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like they can say what they want. People who know me, uh, people who have interacted with me, people mm-hmm. like they know me. Yeah, the, the, the real Jeff Robinson friends and family, they yeah. can speak to who you are. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, regardless of who you are, politically or not, it doesn't matter. No. You know, because you are not what people say you are unless you actually are living that way. Right. And, and I think I think that's a good principle to live by. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and one more thing on that topic, it, it, it's horrible because what we have and, and it's it's not just at the local level, it's at the state level. It's certainly at the federal level. What we have now is I mean, look, there are people in this community that are would be a way better mayor than me or Dan Ridenauer, but they just don't want to run. 
Sure. Because they don't want to deal with the BS. Yeah. They don't want to deal with, with being under this microscope and they don't want to. And so what these people are doing is they're doing a disservice to all of us. You know, they're not just beating me up. They're not just beating, you know, uh, on the, on the flip side of it, they're not just beating Dan Ridenauer up. They're doing a disservice to the entire community because those that are better qualified, those that, that would be tremendous public officials in this community and others, they stay away from it yeah, because they don't want to deal with it. You know, look, I, I on city council, I get paid $14,000 a year. It, 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 it okay. you know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh well, $14,400. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, not, it, You're not being a small, transparent and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, not a small yeah. chunk of change, Sure, but uh, certainly not, you know, I mean, I have a day job. It's not that, groundbreaking. Right. Yeah. Means, I have a yeah. day job that pays me pretty well. And yeah. So it's not, it's not going to make or break me. I, I do it for the service, but sure. uh, you know, when you've got people in this community who could do a heck of a lot better job than me, a heck of a lot better job than Dan Ridenauer or, mm-hmm. or anyone else that's elected right now, those people just stay away from it. Yeah. So it's sad. Which is why I, unbiased or not, it doesn't matter. I really try not to have a loud voice um, in the community politically because I do wrestle with one thing, and it's exactly what you just said. If I'm not going to stand up and do something about it and run for something, Mm -hmm. is it fair that I have a really strong opinion and I vocalize that on social media and go to council meetings and get in the mic and go, you guys are all idiots and you're doing everything wrong. I think it's important for the community to empower their voice and be heard. But I think there is a line. And if you cross the line and you are too vocal and you have opinions about everything and everyone's always doing the job wrong, it does lead me to believe, well, why aren't you trying? Yeah. Why aren't you doing it then? <laughs> yeah. And it's not it's not me being rude. I'm just being realistic. And that's one reason why I do struggle. Um, other than being a business owner in Muncie, I don't want, you know, all that comes with people knowing everything about me politically. Mm-hmm. But I'm also really even keel too. I'm very yep. I'm very kind of lightly spoken about it. Um I have my passions and I have my belief systems. Um, but at the end of the day, I I don't want to be a big, strong voice for that because I also then will feel the pull of, well, maybe I should be doing something more about it. And that's yeah. just not something I'm interested in. So I think if someone's going to have a big, strong voice about um, the community and what we're doing wrong and what we need to do right, they need to step up yeah. if they're going to be that vocal about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I you know, and, and I, I'm speaking anecdotally, I'm speaking, you know, in, in general terms also, you know, most of those people that are the biggest complainers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my biggest critics, uh, the biggest critics of, of my opponent, um, you know, a, a lot of them really, that's, that's all they do. I know they, they're yeah. not involved in the community. I see it from both sides. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do. Yeah. I, I see yeah. the same five to 10 people on social media on yep. both sides. And it's, it, it gets to a point where you're just like, can we just be adults about it? You know, can, <laughs> yeah. if you, you if know, only. and we'll be right back. Welcome to Muncie, a city rich in history and looking towards the future. Well, we are going to wrap up. I I super enjoyed my time with you. Uh, oh, absolutely. To know this you. has been fun. Yeah, yeah getting to know you. Um, I think um, 
you know, maybe if we get the chance to do this again, um, you know, uh, I, I can dive into a little more of your uh, personal endeavors and, and, you know, talk about movies you like. I mean, more of that personal <laughs> stuff yeah. that I usually do yeah. get into. But we had good conversation. And, and again, the mission here was to give you an opportunity to speak to the community. And you definitely did that. Um, and the people that were involved in asking me, hey, you, you met with Dan you need to meet with Jeff too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, in my, my point in meeting with Dan is because as a leader, he is the mayor. Sure. So that was my drive there. And, um, I, I listen to the people. Um, this is the reason I have the podcast. Um, so when people ask me, um, you know, Hey, when are you going to meet with Jeff Robinson? The first thing I said was, well, I've, and I've inboxed him. We'll, <laughs> we'll see when it happens. I, I'd yeah. love to meet with Jeff Robinson and, and, um, allow him to speak to the community. So, um, for me and the community, thank you for taking the time out of your, you know, I know you have three jobs <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're very busy. I understand that. Um, I know what it's like to be busy, but right now you're probably busier than a lot of people. And I do appreciate your time um, taking that time to sit down with me and carve out, um, you know, this time to, to meet and get to know each other a little bit. Is there anything that you want to say to the community um, as you exit? Yeah, well, first and foremost, you know, thank you, Jesse, for for inviting me to be a part of this and and not just for inviting me, but for doing the work that you've done, you know, uh, interviewing other people in our community. Uh, You know, this is Muncie is a great community and, and to have an opportunity to get to know each other better, I think, is always of benefit. So thank you very much for having me. Uh, you know, a message to the community. Yeah, you know, look, I, I of course I want your vote. Uh, I want you to go to my website. I want you to go to my Facebook page. I want you to to research and see where I stand on important issues in our community. So yes, of course I want your vote. More than anything, I just want you to vote. Uh, We are recording this the day after the primary election, of which we had about 8.9% voter turnout. Overall, we've got to do better. If you don't vote, I wonder if you would allow somebody to pick your dinner for you. Because in this case, you're allowing someone else to pick your leaders for you, your elected officials, the people making decisions that impact you every day. Every presidential election in this community will have close to, you know, if not more than 30 percent, close to 40 percent voter turnout. No level of government affects your day to day life more than your local government. So please, whether you vote for me, whether you vote for my opponent, Please register to vote and please go vote. Now, I do hope you vote for me. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course you want that. That would make sense. Um, Well, you know, great time uh, getting to know you a little bit, Jeff. And I do wish you the best in your campaign. Thank you. Um, Just like I I wish Dan and and anyone else running. Um, I wish everyone the best in their endeavors. And I hope they connect with the community the way that they need to uh, to find success therefore to find solutions for our community. That's what it's all about. It is. And I've said this before. I was born and raised in Muncie. I've always lived in Muncie. I own a business in Muncie. My kids are being raised in Muncie and they most likely will stick around, I would hope. They we might hope move so. all over. Hey, I mean, seriously, yeah. if my kids want to move away and go enjoy life somewhere else, I think that's great. Oh, that's sure. their path. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Muncie, man. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of friends and family um, that love Muncie, too. But there are some people who are, you know, I wish we were more like Carmel, Fishers, Indy. No, I, no. And, 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 you know, and a part of that, I get it. I just yeah. I just took my kids to the um, 
the art and design district of Carmel downtown. Oh, sure, it's and beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, and it's and and when I was there, I even thought, oh man, wouldn't that be great? Because I have an office downtown. Yeah. I'm downtown a lot more today than I've ever been, mm-hmm. and of course I had those thoughts, like, man, yeah. what if downtown Muncie was like this? That'd be awesome. Y- you just, I want, I want to stay grounded in what I love about yeah. Muncie. I do want to see downtown um, grow and get more things. Um, I think, um, you know, not to be political, I know there's a lot of opinions on the new YMCA going on, but hopefully it's beautiful. Hopefully it comes to fruition the right way. And hopefully the community turns out for it and supports it um, regardless of of what's going on. But You know what Muncie has that Carmel and some of those other places don't have? I want to hear your answer on that. (laughs) (laughs) We got personality, baby. We got personality. Yeah, and look, we got the people that live here. I'm telling you, I've done a ton of traveling in my life around the United States uh, for work and for pleasure. Uh, I've spent time in other cities. Uh, You know, there are no better people than there are right here. And, and, and the personality, the grit that we have mm-hmm. as a community, I mean, I'll tell you what, I am damn proud of this city. Yeah. And, and you uh, should be, yeah. you should be, and, I am too. Yep. And I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Right. That's why I, that's, and that's why yep. I could have went anywhere with state farm and I chose, um, you know, I, I chose to, to stick around. Yeah. And, and continue to live here and raise my family here um, and to, to open my business and grow it to, to the max potential. Yep. Um, well, from one, carry it on. Yeah, so. from one Muncie native to another, I'm glad you stayed. Yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate we're that. A, uh, we're, we're not a rare breed, but, uh, yeah. you know, those of us that that have stuck around and decided to, to make this our home. Yep. You know, uh, we're just a different breed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, 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 and we, uh, I think it speaks volumes to the people who live here and have lived here for years. Um, actually, while we were recording, we had two people pop by just to grab <laughs> signs of yours to take out to the community. Um, and, you know, just, just, you know, stop recording for a minute to just listen to that interaction. And it does sound like... Um, you know, there, there are people who are in their 40s and 50s here, and they've lived all that time in Muncie, yeah. and all they want to see is growth, and they want to see expansion of community, mm-hmm. and they want to see someone get in, get in office and tie it all together in the way they want to see it. And everybody sees it differently, but I do think, just like me and you love Muncie, there's a lot of people who love Muncie. Yeah. They're not going anywhere, right. and that's why, like you said, you know, 8.9% or whatever it was, I mean... I'm not going to sit here and be political and say go out and vote and all that, but I will say that number does shock me. Yeah. It, yep. That seems incredibly low. Uh, I will say that even even if you did not vote in the primary, you can still vote in the general election uh, just as long as you're registered to vote. Okay. Well, great. I think I think we've uh, I think we've settled the score on uh, what we wanted to tackle with this conversation. Um, again, it was it was great meeting you, Jeff. We'll great talk soon, you. sir. Um, and again, good luck with your campaign and all of your future endeavors. Yep, you too, Jesse. Thank you so awesome. much. Thanks, man. All right.